Now, as you can imagine, safety is a big concern of ours, so we're going to insist that you uh, buckle up your safety belt securely. You'll be glad you did. Chris, can you grab my blacklist, Paul? The things we like are the things we do. Lucky life insurance. Will the owner of a red and black land speeder vehicle ID THX1138 please return to your craft? You are parked in a no hover area. Hey, hey, hey. Over here, man. Over here. My name is Artemis, and I'm here to tell you that it's time for W. Hello, my friend. Happy New Year and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your passport to the Disney parks, movies, and more. I have a lot planned for the coming year. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 764. And 20 years ago, back in 2004, I wrote my first Walt Disney World trivia book, started podcasting a year later, and have always and will continue to try and help you have not just the best possible vacation experience when you come to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are here on the podcast, my weekly live video every Wednesday night, blog, events, and more. Please join the community and conversation. Subscribe to my updated weekly newsletter and get a free copy of my 102 things to do in Walt Disney World at least once book and find everything at www.radio.com. And the new year brings a new chapter to our stories, and the turning of that page means it's the perfect time to journey back through the Disney moments and experiences that made 2023 truly memorable. From the silver screen to culinary creativity to what we gained and what was lost in the parks, this week we're going to take a reflective journey, a reflective journey through the 10 most important, impactful, biggest, and best moments from the past year. It's a look at some of the hits and a few misses, filled with some interesting insights as well as a lot of heartfelt emotion. Of course, I'm going to want to hear from you as to what you feel was the most important or impactful moment, event, or milestone from 2023. Also, be sure to stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week, where you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package and more updates at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Time flies when you are having fun, and because of that, in many ways, 2023 was an absolute blur. And I think for Disney fans, there was a lot to celebrate and enjoy, but as in life, there's also some things that we lost as well. And so this week, I want to invite you to join me and some of our friends around the table outside here in a very cold day uh, at Disney Springs as we look at the 2023 Disney Year in Review, I want to welcome back to the show and the table, Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. It's awesome to be in the disco today. <laughs> I'm not sure if they can hear disco in front of It's like we have the soundtrack from Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. going on behind us. Exactly. And Jeremiah Good from LaughingPlace.com. 
Good morning, and it is cold, even though I say I'm not cold at all. You don't even have a jacket on. I'm fine. I I, it's just freezing in Shanghai. That's a little pneumonia among friends. Oh, he just had <clears throat> to do the Shanghai. He had to, no, he had to throw Shanghai in there. <clears throat> um, you know, it's funny. We were talking just briefly before we started recording about, you know, thinking about the show. Was that in 2022? Was that in 2023? Like, I think maybe as we get older, I think that the space-time continuum is thrown off. And, and time does seem to go faster. And, and 2023 was a blur in a lot of respects. I think because there was so much that happened, um, and because of that, we're not going to, you know, try and review and reflect and react to all of them. So I thought today we would look at 10-ish, <laughs> got to give myself a little wiggle room, of the biggest, most important, impactful, surprising, or wonderful Disney news or events from the past year, from the Disney parks, the movies, merchandise, Marvel, Star Wars, anything and everything that sort of struck your fancy. Jeremiah is doing his research right now, by the way. Literally. So let's just jump right into it. And Becky, I'm going to let you go first because, again, I, my parents raised me right and I still believe in ladies first. And I'm very, very, I'm wildly curious to see where you, because we're not going to go in any sort of chronological order. I want you to go in either the thing that, you know, your biggest one first or the first thing that came to mind, however you sort of decided to do it. And then we can sort of chat a little bit and discuss. And that as we go through. So last night, <clears throat> excuse me, I did our Wednesday night WWE live show on Facebook and YouTube. And I posed this question to viewers and members of the clubhouse as well. And I'm going to throw in some of... We'll see sort of how much what we talk about overlaps with what they brought up as well. But Becky, Gad, you go first. This was a really hard, it's hard to d- decide because I'm looking at my entire list and I have stuff from movies to parks to the trips that we've done, which I'm sure we'll get into that too. But the one thing I think that I'm going to choose first, let's start on a down note so we just go up from here. How about that? <laughs> I know where you're I going. I think I know where you're going. Exactly. The closure of galactic star cruiser was some was very impactful for me obviously in our business and to the clients who were saving to um experience this wonderful um experience that we all were lucky enough to have at least once and for it to have been closed so soon and them not making some of the changes that may have made it stay alive i I think that it just had it was very impactful for 2023 I that was on my invisible list that I just came up with seconds ago. Um, that's definitely number one. I I was lucky enough to experience it twice, and you know to this day it, I'm making new friends daily from the Galactic Star Cruiser, and it is a sad thing. Um, you know, one of the things that I think all three of us can definitely always talk about is the Adventures Club. Mm-hmm. We had. 15 years with the Adventures Club, or it closed 15 years ago, I should say. Um, and to this day, we're still all talking about mm-hmm. Will the Star Cruiser have that same effect in 15 years? Because there was such a small group of us that got to experience it. Who knows? But it is, it, those of us who did, it's in our hearts forever. It's and, special. And it was a, a way to welcome the Star Wars fans in into the, the Disney you know embrace, in a, in a way. Obviously, Galaxy's Edge was here. But that was so unique, and it could have been such a huge game changer for the industry as a whole. I mean, I, I said way back when, when they announced it, that um, it, it if it worked, you would have 
different organizations, different industries, different places. Like, I mean, look across the street, Hogwarts opening up a go to uh, Hogwarts or, you know, Universal opening up Hogwarts, go there for a weekend and learn spells. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities, which now kind of seem like it may not be there. So this was on my list as well. Excuse me. And I talked about this at length when the announcement came down back on show 727. And I talked about the the Star Cruiser closing, and I entitled it, you know, and the good that may come of it. And I'm not going to sort of rehash everything, but I think on one hand, you know, from Disney's perspective, I think it's very, very difficult to admit this is not working, and we are literally going to shutter the doors on what was a very, very, very expensive project. I think part of the challenges for the Star Cruiser, it was not necessarily just money, right? We talked to a lot of people... A lot of people said it wasn't just the money, it was the time commitment. I don't want to come to Disney World for five days and sort of spend two and a half, three of it in the Star Cruiser. What I expect to happen, and I know nothing, but I still think that there is is new life to be breathed into the Star Cruiser. Excuse me, my expectation is for it to reopen as a Star Wars-themed hotel, which I think the good that comes from it is it makes it more affordable, more importantly, more accessible to people who just could not sort of tackle the financial burden in order to get on board. I think you stay at the hotel for whatever number of days and you have optional a la carte add-on experiences. If you want to do Gaia's dinner, if you want to do Jedi training, if you want to do this or that or excursion about two, you can do all those things. But now it becomes open to, you know, for all intents and purposes, all guests. And to your point, Jeremiah, the thing that the interesting sort of long-term quote-unquote fallout from this is there was a lot of people who were very, very passionate and absolutely loved. Look, we love the experience, but there's people who are still, like, meeting up and doing Star Cruiser, like, meetups in Batu. Like, there's a community that was built around that, and I think by reopening it as a Star Wars-themed hotel, and that's a, a broad stroke of the brush, I think you allow more people to not just only have that experience, but to sort of be part of that Star Wars, Star Cruiser community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's the Heroes of the Halcyon that are creating a Halcyon that's going to be in October that is diehard Halcyon fans, Star Cruiser fans, and it's not only going to open up to fans that got the chance to go, I think that is it is an evolving living, breathing thing still outside of the four walls that it was, so it's something that hopefully will continue, but I want to see how how the legs go for this. I, I loved it, but I'm afraid that it will be one of those things in two years. We're all kind of like, okay, we, we that's a footnote in history. Let's see how it goes. I know for myself, and I think for both you, it's something special that will stick around. Also, by the way, I'd like to mention that I never knew Disco Inferno was 12 minutes long. <laughs> so that was amazing. All right, so what is, uh, what's first on your newly generated list? Um, this is actually something that has been in my head for a while it's the uh not just one topic it's the movies and televisions that we've watched i know you guys are both like there we go uh i was looking through the list of movies and disney plus shows that have come out does anybody remember peter pan and wendy like i know i never saw that uh i didn't see the pinocchio that came out even though people raved about that little mermaid came out this year i mean that was supposed to be the big budget movie of the year. 
I love going to the theater. It is one of my favorite things. I will go to the AMC here at Disney Springs for the most random movies. But I've talked to people that are like, when the Marvels came out, is it worth seeing in the theater? Every movie is worth seeing in the theater, but it's, you know, do you... I think the the pandemic definitely put blinders on people's eyes of what it was before and what it is after. So, you know, if you can tolerate the people around you, I know I'm sitting next to Becky and she's like, no. (laughs) Sorry. Um, You know, I love going to the movies, but Disney, you know, they fell to number two this year behind Universal, which is something that's never in the history of, you know, Disney recent history that Universal that put out Oppenheimer. That's that's where the money came from. Disney. Let's talk about the movies that came out that we really wanted to see and that we really saw. I, Dial of Destiny. I loved it, but again, I think there are still people. I'm sure that'll go back and listen to the show. And go. Oh, I forgot. And go to Disney Plus and watch that. And go. Oh, that was a really good movie. Why didn't I see that? Because I think streaming has change the way we look at things and I think that going forward streaming is going to start to reverse things because everybody's putting all their ads and everything on streaming so are you going to want to pay the extra $30 a month or go to a movie to see something great for you know sure $60 for your food and everything Becky I'll let you go next because I, I have I have many thoughts you mean on the movies on, on the, the movies I, I we talked about this last night and I had a very Impassioned response. Yes, and you and I disagree about something. And I, I said, you know, we should probably debate this. Because for me, I know, I know, I know, it's an unpopular thought, but I actually really enjoyed the Marvels. Because it was entertaining. It made me laugh. It, I knew part of the story. I do like the characters. While it may not have been the, you know, it's not going to be up for an Academy Award, for sure, but... Except for maybe the Florkins. They might get nominated for something because I love those little guys. Exactly. But I loved it for what it was, pure entertainment. I want to be entertained when I go to to a movie. And it made me happy. It made me smile. It made me laugh. And I walked out going, yeah, that was worth the money that I spent on it. So I will I will try and keep my my thoughts as relatively brief as possible. This might be good for a, a continuing live conversation. <laughs> okay. um, I think Jeremiah, you're right. I think the movie industry as a whole, post COVID, it needs to adapt and grow and change. Movies need to become experiential. We need to have a reason to go to the movies other than the blockbuster that needs to be seen on a on a large screen. Oppenheimer is a great example. Avengers Endgame. You need to see it on a big screen for the full experience. Plus, the idea of being in the room with fans. I, I don't necessarily think movies are, are compelling enough to get us off the couch and say, oh, I'll wait a month, I'll see it on streaming, and go to the theater, spend the money, spend the time. Um, you know, I, I had this as an entry on my list, um, you know, and, and I sort of just called it what's missing at the movies. Um, and... and I'm not talking just about the box office numbers. And yes, they're, they're an indicator, but from a pure emotional fan perspective, right? What's the last, this is a somewhat rhetorical question, what's the last epic movie that you've seen from Disney? Like, the one that just, like, 
Look, I used to walk out of the theater for Marvel movies. I would get on my phone and I'd buy a ticket for the next day because I needed to see it again in the theaters. We were talking about it with our friends and family, quote-unquote, around the virtual water cooler. That didn't happen this year. Nobody was, like, rushing out to see Quantumania. Maybe, God, listen, God bless you if you love Quantumania. I don't think, right, even Guardians 3 was fine, you know, but it wasn't... It was emotional for different reasons. I mean, I knew people that walked out because they couldn't handle the emotional. But, you know, The Little Mermaid, Dial of Destiny, Haunted Mansion, The Haunting in Venice, like, The Wish. None of those were like, nobody was like, oh, you need to, tomorrow you need to take your family to go see this. We haven't had that as well. And and the thing that, I'm disappointed that I'm so disappointed. Because I don't like feeling this way, right? I want us to be excited about movies again. And I hate sort of, there's no other, I, the, the first sort of euphemism that comes to mind is, is seeing the chink in the armor. If you would have told us when Endgame came out that, you know, years, a few years from now, this will be a chink in the Marvel armor and the stuff that's coming out is not going, we're like, come on, this is like, they can't lose. And I think that's why they are very smartly, Feige saying, look, we're going to pull back, we're going we're gonna to reflect and revisit. We need to do quality over quantity because I think even on Disney+, Plus, a lot of stuff that came out was not up to the standard, I think, that we expect from Disney and, Secret and Marvel. Invasion. Secret, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. Look, I, I, Secret Invasion is, is one of, of multiple, right? I don't think that, you know, I, I think the last really, really great, I think WandaVision was mm-hmm. a game changer, right? It's the thing that we all talked about. We couldn't wait for the release next week. I haven't felt that same way like, about it. and. Like- I did with Loki. I, I'll say that. I was kind of one of those people that like, eh, it's kind of slow at the beginning. But then I really liked Loki. And when season two came along, I loved Loki. So for me, it was... It was I want to play devil's advocate. I think I think part of what's happening too, and I don't want to sort of go, this is a, again a longer conversation. I think part of what's happening with Marvel is... So taking my glasses off for a fact. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly, like, I'm very animated. He's flipping the table right like, now. I think part of what the issue is with, with Marvel is is twofold. When you start using things like multiverses and variants, one, it gets very confusing. I don't think the quote-unquote average person can walk into a theater and sort of understand what's going on. Uh, me, personally, I'm a world outside your window guy. I am a... Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, Daredevil, like, and those are the characters that for years we all sort of knew and loved. Now you've got these things happening in different dimensions, and I I don't love the fact, one, that Jeremiah is dancing to Last Dance. I don't love, two, that it's, it's, a, it's an easy escape clause. And they're going to have to use it right now, right? They're going to use it because the Jonathan Majors problem is like, oh, we have the escape clause because it's a variant. It's it's a different multiverse. I, I think it's cheating a little bit. Um, and I just think it, it's a lot for, for the average person to be able to walk into a theater or even sit down in Disney Plus without saying, wait a minute, whoa, 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 you need to go and watch these 17 things in order. Do you think it's more a case of them just spreading themselves too thin, or do you think that they have leaned into that one storyline so much that it got... I think it's two. I think it's a connected universe, right? So it's sort of... It's all going to come full circle. I believe in... Like, Kevin knows what he's doing. Kevin, the person, not the AI bot that was in She-Hulk, knows what he is doing, and this is all going to come full circle, right? We're going to get X-Men. We're getting Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. Look, I think... I think the Kang issue 
opens up the door to bring in Doctor Doom, which I would love to have. I think Doctor Doom is an amazing villain, maybe even more like approachable than than Kang is. Um, but I, I do I think that's that's part of it. Yeah, they're going to have to make a hard left turn with Kang. Um, you know, I don't think Doctor Doom, and this is we're going off on a wait. I know we're getting nerdy. I know <laughs> Doctor Doom doesn't need to be the big bad. He needs to be set up for a big bad. Go with Kang. Keep a variant. Finish out the storyline. I am a diehard comic fan. So you say multiverse, you say variants, you say all that. For me, it is absolutely. But I've had to spend more time explaining to people what a multiverse or a variant is. But I think there's something like, I don't know if either of you watched the What If that came out over Christmas. That was, again, What If is an amazing show the the episodes that they dropped consecutive days was perfect. I would have loved if it lasted over a few weeks, but the way they did it worked out well. They set up for a season three already. I don't think that's a spoiler because I think it's out there. Um, so there's a lot of that. But yes, we are suffering from Marvel fatigue and even still Star Wars fatigue. As much as I hate both of those um, you know, I love the Marvels. It was the movie that if the Marvels came out shortly thereafter in game, that would have been the excellent introduction for the next phase. But we also had to sit through things like the Eternals and uh, Shang-Chi, which wasn't bad, but you can't introduce brand new characters to people that are waiting for the the tie, the, the heart, you know, get Iron Man or get somebody in there. But they did a good job of setting up without a payoff yet. And I think that's the biggest problem. And I just want to quickly just punctuate this with extending one thing, because I think this is beyond Marvel. I think this is this is Disney as well. I think we're, we're not just suffering the fatigue of, of, you know, to use your expression, the fatigue of Marvel, but I think, I don't think the Disney movies, you know, hit the way they were supposed to, whether it's what's coming out of the animated studios or what's coming out of live action and I will tell you that moving forward, based on what we see right now, and we, we have, there's a two-pronged problem. One, what's on the slate for what's coming out, and two, coming out on the heels of a very, very extensive strike. Mm-hmm. But right now, we have Inside Out 2, Mufasa, the live-action Snow White, and Moana coming out. No, I, none, none of you are jumping, oh, I'm concerned about there's no fresh IP there's no fresh it's either remaking live action for whatever reason or this we're in the sequel zone again when again what's that last great new movie and character and, and right now based on what's on the docket for 2024 I don't necessarily see that coming just yet. And that's the problem, is that they're just retelling stories over and over. I'm over the live action. I'm really sorry to say that, but I have not really connected with any of them emotionally, so it hasn't really been on the radar, and I would love... This is awkward, because Jeremiah is wearing a live action Snow White shirt as we speak. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jeremiah. I don't mean to offend, um, but seriously, it's... We're, we're just retelling stories over and over and over, which I get it for new generations. It needs sometimes it needs to be uplifted and, and changed for new generations. But at the at the breakneck speed that they are just adding these to the docket is a little bit overwhelming for me. Yeah, it's change for the sake of change because you know I understand the world has changed in the past ninety years, 
but Snow White is pretty much a basic tale. We don't need whatever is coming out of it. Like I, I've avoided the trailer or the teasers that everybody said is the worst thing in the world. Um, I didn't need the seven dwarfs in wish either. Wish for me was probably one of the biggest letdowns of the Disney animation library since good dinosaur. It was just not anything I wanted to see. Now, if you're talking Deadpool three, I'm excited for that. That's, that is one title that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, um, time will tell and we will see. But let, let's move on because we can do it, obviously. <laughs> we can only do an entire show. Um, all right, so is it my turn? Sure. I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to raise the roof, raise the bar, and go right into my wheelhouse. Let us all take a moment to celebrate the new food and dining experiences that came to the Disney parks in 2022, 2023, including but not limited to Tiana's Palace in Disneyland. San Francisco Square, I'm making half a heart because I only have one hand. Shiki Sai in Epcot. Wowza. Uh, Summer House right here on the lake at Disney Springs. Roundup Rodeo Barbecue in Toy Story Land. Rosa Mexicano, doesn't get a lot of, of people talking about. In, at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. Uh, Narcusi's reopened this year with a new interior and new menu. I sense a dining review coming. If only there was somebody, oh anybody, to come. Seriously? And uh, I'm very excited to, to walk down the promenade a little bit and try Eat by Manit Chuan, uh, at the new Indian restaurant, uh, quick service restaurant, here in Dizzy Springs. Um, one, did I miss any? Two, out of all those, which has been um, something that you are looking forward to trying, that you've tried before, that you're excited about? I'm really excited to try Eats because that's... That's something unique. Uh, there hasn't been an Indian food place anywhere on Disney property. And I, coming from California, I had a chance to try lots of different dining options. And Indian food for me, it's much like Mexican here in Florida. There's There are places that have it, but it's not the best. Um, so I've heard good things about this. I've heard amazing things about Summer House on the Lake. I'm very excited for that cookie bar. Uh, Roundup Barbecue for me was one of those ones that even though we kind of lost that exact same menu over at the campground, because it really is Davy Crockett's or um, it's brought over here, it's a fun location. It was something I wish they would have opened the land with it, but it has some really good food, great experience. You know, it, it's been a good year for food, and then we just got the festival of the arts food coming out which is just the same stuff which i'm worried that going forward we may see more of the festivals as they focus this one on more of the alcohol and specialty drinks and kind of leave the food as it is because you know we're all not lou where we try every single booth every day of the week and I'm go through i do it for you uh, but yeah, the foods you know that's something we can always count on each year is they'll introduce something new well the culinary experience is important when you're vacationing. It's like one of the number one things that people look for um, in the destination that they choose. So to see them adding new things and um, lifting it up and doing new dishes, and it's that's really exciting. And for me, I haven't had a chance to try most of these places, but I'm really looking forward to Tiana's Palace myself because I haven't been to Disneyland since it opened up, so I haven't seen it yet. Um, but 
Everybody's if you need if you need somebody to go with you, well, I mean, we're, we're I have a feeling that that's on our meeting list for later on today. But I think that that's a really neat uh, opportunity for them to take that location and not change it so much as to give it a story. And I love what they did there from um, from the menu to the visuals to the atmosphere. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. All right, so what's next on your list then? Oh, this one's a tough one. I'm going to hold on to that one for later. I'm going to say the happiness that came over me when I first saw, when I first walked into Epcot, and the walls had come down. Most of the walls had come down to show us what they had been planning and building and working on for so long as you were on the monorail and looking down and all you saw was a big hole in the ground and walls um, for it to open up this beautiful area where you can sit and enjoy the park and see the statue and give that nod nod to Walt. And I just think that it is a brilliant use of the area. Um, Obviously, the Moana water area is beautiful as well. I'm not that fond of water myself. (laughs) So I'm like a wet Persian cat if I have to walk through a, a mister. So it's just... But I love what they did with the area, and it gives families something more to do in Epcot together. Uh, I agree, and I'm trying to focus now on one thing because we can just say, oh, new stuff and go into everything. But I was just there. I did two nights in a row after it opened, and the first night was the excitement, and the second night I sat on a bench and I enjoyed the music and just loved, you know, it's one of the cheesiest things I think Imagineering said in years, but they did put the park back in theme park. It is a great place to sit and relax. And I talked to people that hadn't been there until just recently, and they're like, yeah, we went over to Starbucks, got a coffee, sat there, and enjoyed just sitting and people watching and relaxing. And that's what's missing. As a Disneyland boy, I used to do that all the time. And Walt Disney World has never had that really location. I think this adds what's needed. Yeah, I, you know, and it, I think they sort of took a little bit of a cue almost from Disney's Animal Kingdom, right? It's a, it's They're making Epcot a park that is meant to be sipped and savored and strolled through and a place to go and relax and connect and unwind. I think time is going to be favorable toward this because I think you open it right now, there's still, it's not completely finished, but I think the, the garden sort of being themed around... Um, the, the areas surrounding them, the, the nostalgic touches to sort of the architectural legacy that are Epcot that are there for people. But I think you're right, this idea of not having to feel compelled to rush from attraction to attraction to pavilion to pavilion and giving you a place and space to just sit down and take in what the park has to offer both aesthetically, visually, f- from the audio in the background. And as they continue to put the finishing touches on it. I don't think what we saw is, is obviously a finished product yet. Um, and at night, it's spectacular. Right? I think it's gorgeous at night. Um, you know, I sort of, I, I put Dreamer's Point and Moana together. I actually lumped in Luminous. I don't know if Luminous is on anybody's list yeah. separately, so we'll, I'll, I'll keep that separately. Um, but I think um, I sort of I put all this together in Epcot, and I think what we're starting to see is maybe not what was originally on concept art when we saw it years ago, but I think it is this continuing evolution of the overall Epcot experience. So, um, Jeremiah, what is next for you? 
So I will just hold on to this because this is going to be a long one. Um, I, I just said not combining things, but I think these two things came together in their opening and their reopening. Tron, Light Cycle Run, and Happily Ever After. Like, mm-hmm. that brought Magic Kingdom back to a special park. Not that Enchantment wasn't a good show. Um, and when I first saw Happily Ever After, it wasn't my... It didn't tug on my heartstrings because it wasn't wishes. And I've always said, you can't follow the Electric Parade with Light Magic. You can't follow Illuminations with um, Harmonious. It's... You have the built up and then you drop it down no matter what. So happily ever after returning, I can remember seeing that after the Tron event and just the tears coming down my eye. It was just like you you feel the heartstrings there. And then Tron Light Cycle Run, to me, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's only 90 whatever seconds. It's still... To me, that's my childhood. That was my dream as a kid to be able to ride in a light cycle. And to be able to go over to Magic Kingdom and, you know, sooner or later get on, still with virtual queue, it's great. And having happily ever after. Though the other thing about the Magic Kingdom, and this is kind of the flip side of that coin, there isn't anything else new. There isn't anything else new coming down the pipeline, which could be a whole other topic. But to me, it's... It's got some great newness, but we, again, beauty, we need some beasts coming, something, some more oomph, not just, hey, there it is. I loved, I, I'm, I was just sitting thinking about Tron, with, with the music in the background, I just can't get over this. Um, I enjoy Tron. We we saw it first when we were in the Asia parks, obviously, and was really waiting for it to get here. I'm glad that they put it in Magic Kingdom. I love seeing it opening. I love seeing the people's faces when they get off of that attraction because it's always full of giggles and smiles and exactly what you want to feel, that that elation when you are departing one of the attractions. And so it, it's great to see that. When you're talking about Happily Ever After, um, yes, correct, it's no wishes. But when they did make the announcement that it was coming back, the, the whole fan community just was a swell of happiness, and um, I think it was a good call on their part to bring it back. And it, it brought a lot of people back to the parks because they were really craving um, that pull-on-your-heartstring to- your um, show. So, yeah, those were two really big additions for the year. You know, when you talk about things like Happily Ever After coming back and a fireworks show changing, whether it's Happily Ever After illuminations to harmonious you oh when you have these things that are beloved by oftentimes it's generational you know you you see you're taking away a piece of my childhood you're taking away something that mean is so meaningful to people it's a very difficult road to hoe as you know both um the shows in epcot and the shows in in magic kingdom demonstrated when you bring something that back that people love again you do sort of get that social swell online and I think I think Luminous is one that will has already started to appeal to people starts to grow on people I think the, the show is beautiful and obviously we'll, we'll talk about it and look I'm a like you Jeremiah I was a Tron nerd growing up so that filled the gap that I had as a kid of wanting to ride that light cycle um, and you know people say well it took five years 
it didn't take five years, right? When people sort of forget, it wasn't just the COVID closure, it was the supply chain issues and the labor issues that we all dealt with after that. So you have to sort of get away from the five-year thing and just enjoy and appreciate it for what it is, especially at night when it's spectacular and the music is amazing. Um, me. It's back to me. Um, Do your best Barry White, by the way. Um, this, this is... Uh, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? it it's not. It's not hard. I, I have things. I just don't know what order. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump here because it, it's gonna sort of piggyback on this and, and something that Jeremiah said. He's like, well, there's not really a lot that's coming. I, I'm going to go back to Saturday, September 9th, and the presentation at Destination D by one Josh Tomorrow. Insert hearts here, um, where he says, and I quote: Over the next decade. We're going to have more projects underway than at any point in our history. Our sole purpose is to give you more and more of what you love about the Disney experience and then surprise and delight you with things you never dreamed possible. I'm not going to go through all of them, but, you know, the Zootopia show in Animal Kingdom in the Tree of Life Theater, the Encanto and Indiana Jones areas being considered for new reimagined land, some of the other Blue Sky expansions in Magic Kingdom. Nobody saw the test track reimagining coming. The pirate-themed lounge in Magic Kingdom. We got the Hatbox Ghost. Country Bear Jamboree is getting a refresh. There's a lot of nervous people out there, right? Like, again, you're touching something that that people love. Uh, We learn more about what's coming to Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure. We heard about the adventure, the first ship to sail from Singapore through Southeast Asia. We learned more and saw more about Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point. We've also seen at Disneyland Paris, Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Tokyo Disney some of what is coming, including that eighth port of Tokyo Disney Sea coming in 2024 with Rapunzel, Peter Pan, and Frozen. The, the, the important thing is Disney is investing $60 billion in theme parks and cruises over the next decade. It's doubling their investment in a division that really is even more so now, the primary source of the company's profit engine, right, which also sort of helped offset some of the losses from things like Disney+, Plus, which is going to be profitable probably this year. But I think there is a lot that's coming, and, and I put this in here as it's, it's about the attractions that are coming. It's also about, and I don't think I'm alone on this, I love Josh tomorrow. I love Josh tomorrow. Like, as a human being, like having, you, you just talked about being able to sort of sit and chat with him. When you meet him in the parks or anywhere, he gives you his full undivided attention. But also as a as an executive, a spokesperson, a representative of this company, when he talks to you about these things at Destination D, I almost feel like there was people in imagining going, Josh, no, we're not ready. To-. Josh's <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, I'm a fan. I want to share this with the fans. He brings a sense of energy and excitement and authenticity and transparency and honesty that I really love and appreciate and it has me very excited. It's not about the $60 billion and some of the things that were on the list. It's the things that we haven't heard about that we're going to be hopefully surprised and delighted with. Yeah. Um, Josh, I had a chance to speak with multiple times throughout the year, randomly running into him. Um, and I say this not in a bad way. 
Josh is the best used car salesman in the world. Like, he walks up there, and you're right, he believes in everything. He's not trying to just sell us on it. He believes wholeheartedly how amazing the Disney company is, was, and will be. And But his, his heart, like, you know, he would say, hey, do you want to buy a DVC? And I'd be like, sure, how much, Josh? <laughs> With the hearts in my eyes like Lou has when he speaks about him. But yeah, everything coming, um, you know, it's just exciting that it's coming down the line. But, I mean, I'm sure Becky can speak to this. Not having anything clearly coming. I mean, yes, we have Splash Mountain coming later this year. And that's really the only thing in my head that's, okay, we have Splash Mountain coming, Disneyland, Walt Disney World, late 2024. They kind of needed to have that announcement so that they could say, this is what you have uh, to look forward to. There's more reasons why, as you're planning your vacations over the next three years, four years, five years, reasons to come to Disney World or Disneyland to be able to um, experience these wonderful things we have coming. So we haven't forgotten about you. We want you to come back and see these new things. And it's kind of like in that same vein. And yes, I I love Josh tomorrow. I'm with y'all. I may not have hearts in my eyes, but... (laughs) I mean, you two, uh, that's a whole nother story. There's some bromance happening here. I get it. Uh, but he really is. He's a, a genuine human being that genuinely cares about this um, this company. They, he cares about how we feel about the company. And he's extraordinarily open about it. And I really enjoy that. I do want to just tag on um, a couple of things just so we can get it off the list is that they also made the announcements of the D23 changes that are coming at the same time, which were kind of interesting. I think we're all used to a certain um, way that that's been done. So knowing it's going to be changing up. Is You're talking about Expo specifically. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, for D Expo. Oh, right. Exactly. Ultimate too long for hashtag, basically. <clears throat> and then with all of this is the the direction that the company's going. And I know that Iger's return was te- te- technically in November of 22, but it was Disney's 2023 20, fiscal, so I'm counting it. because That, I, that was going to be one that I looked, nope, yeah, it was November. It, I know it was November, but technically they're fiscal. But I think that um, his return and how he's greenlit some of these things and the changes that are coming are important because it, it, it's just as important as the announcements themselves. Listen, if you think my love of Josh tomorrow goes far and wide, you need to see my shrine to Bob Iger that I have at <laughs> my house. Um, the other thing I will just quickly sort of uh, append to this is I think, and I think it's, it's, it may have been somewhat accidental, Josh doing it, but I also think it's, it's very smart. In Disney has started to do something that they've never done before, and I think it's a, it, it do a large part to Josh wanting to be transparent, one, and two, I think there's a strategy behind it talking about things that are on blue sky because what does that allow them to do to sit back and listen if you don't think disney is listening and watching social and reading and literally in figurative listening they are they are getting they're putting their finger on the pulse and seeing what is the reaction before we open the gates to this idea that we think is going to work on paper let's see what fans start to think before we get too far down the road. Um, Harmonious. That is the perfect example. No matter what anybody says of, oh, it was only supposed to be on for the 18 months, when we were sitting at the uh, reopening of the Epcot area and they're talking about Luminous and they said, we've been on this project for a year. 
if that show is only supposed to last 18 months and that's only been going for a year, there's something really wrong there. So I do believe that Happily Ever After and uh, Luminous and, you know, everything that they're, they are watching. And that, that leads into my, one of my next things, but we'll get to that. But it is very much, I think they're trying to start to be proactive with the socials and with the fans, not just, oh, we can sit on one ride for five years and not worry about changing it a la Stitch. So, you know, that, that I mean, look, gone. to prove that they listened, there's no more harmonious barges out there. Like, can you, are we, are we, none of we can speculate about, but it's a significant financial investment to say, people really don't like this, we're just going to eat it. We're going to eat it, we're going to admit defeat and pull it and put something out there. I think what's out there for Luminous is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not It's not disruptive during the day. It's spectacular well, it at night. Everything goes. Yeah. I mean, they can pull the floats off. I was there yesterday, and one was out, and by the time I made it around World Showcase, all four were out. And it's not even like the Spaceship Earth Globe, where that took 30 minutes to get out. This is like, you look, and there's one. And then 10 minutes later, they're all out there. So it is... It is something that's great. I think we're just leading in the luminous at this yeah. point. So let's go. Who, who know who's next? Who's, is it you? Is uh, it? No, is it? Was that me? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's me. So I guess we're doing Luminous. <laughs> I have one other left, so we just have to get back around to that. But yeah, you're right. Luminous, um, it gave me a joy again where, okay, Epcot forever, forever, forever for one day and it's gone. Um, that's, that was a nice little way to bridge the gap. But I, you're so right. The visual doesn't distract you during the day where you walked in on Harmonious. It's like, okay, the... Stargate and the tacos were very distracting and if they had at one point they talked to us about in the daytime they'd have these beautiful fountains and it would be gorgeous to look at that never came to fruition so if that had happened maybe it might have had a longer life who knows at this point I'm just personally glad that they did admit defeat and say hey you know what this is not going over well let's find something that's really going to be impactful for the guests and I think with Luminous they found it yeah Luminous um you know, the, I'll take this list so you can work. Um, Luminous was one of those ones, and I, I love when Disney does this. They they don't give us any teases. They don't. I mean, we got a little bit of music, but we didn't know anything about it. And the first night, you know, you guys were watching it from one area, I was watching it from another, and just the visuals and the music and the narration to this day, like narration, just kills me because it hits. Wow, I'm like Lou. I'm about to tear up. Um, the narration hits times in your life, and I was at a serious time in my life when that started, and it just hit me. And then, Becky, I love you so much. Hang on, I gotta stop doing this because the second night was when I got to see it when you invited me, and you walked up to me and said, "Put your phone away. This is you get to enjoy it." And I just sat there and cried and loved it. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Well, I think what it had, too, Luminous brought a story forward where the other one just didn't seem to have a cohesive story. So it's something you can follow. It's something that you can you can connect to. And I think that's what, Jeremiah, don't worry. I cry all the time. And crying is podcast gold. It's good. Um, I used to say harmonious felt so disharmonious to me. And it made me feel like a grade school teacher was like, Becky, you take this one. Jeremiah, you take this one. You take this one. And they're going to put them all together at the end and hope that there's... And it wasn't. And I think you're right. I think opening up the Disney songbook here 
and creating a story. And Jeremiah, your honest reaction is exactly what was missing from Harmonious. I never got emotional during it. Whereas the first time I saw Luminous, I did. And the first time I saw it, I was like, I like this. Like, I can tell this is one that's going to really start to continue to grow on me because I wanted to see it again the second night. Harmonious, I was like, okie dokie. Um, so I, I had it on my list as well. And, I'm, and I, I, I think that you're right. I think Epcot needed that injection of emotion. And that's why I put that because I think there's the injection of, mo- of emotion there. The return of Walt in Walt Disney World by putting the statue in Dreamer's Point, by having that space where we can all connect, not just with Epcot, but with each other. And I think all these three things, you know, or, or four if you want to even, even include Moana, allow that to happen um, cohesively. So what's next for you? Okay, I have two, and I really am sure that the one that I'm going to talk about right now is this year. Um, treasure. Yep. Like... Uh, <laughs> It's like, I don't remember when that was announced, but um, getting to go on the wish and putting on VR goggles and them showing me treasure. While the wish isn't my favorite of the ships, and that's a whole other discussion. If you ever catch me in the park, ask me why and buy me an ice cream. You'll hear all about it. Uh, But I think, again, I, I don't know if it was planned, but treasure, Periscope, pub and the haunted mansion and everything it's it's the connection like yes the ship may still be the same design that i'm not overly fond of but you throw in something that's twenty thousand leagues themed you throw in something that is haunted mansion themed i'm there i can't wait for it and it's such an interesting take on it like you know when we all kind of saw the wish it's like okay there isn't really a lot to it okay hyperspace lounge thanks becky for keeping that alive um but treasure i want to explore i want to go on there i want to do everything and spend the days where wish i'd rather go to castaway not not because it's not a beautiful ship but it's just not one of my ships yeah for for the treasure it's exciting to see another new ship and hopefully they've well, okay, the build and the bones are too far in flight to change things that, that I am not fond of on board the Wish. So this was a extraordinarily brilliant move on their part to throw in some IP like Haunted Mansion that's going to pull people to that ship. Even if it's a one and done, they're going to go, they're going to sail on the ship, they're going to have a great time, they're going to see something unusual and unique. And I, I think that it was, a, again, a brilliant move on their part to, um, to include it. I think it's less about the inclusion of IP than, one, leaning into the parks, which they've really never done before on a ship, and, two, the sense of nostalgia, yeah. right? Understanding, you know, a significant demographic that is coming on these ships, we have a very, sen- we have a very great sense of, of depth and breadth of our feelings about nostalgia of the parks. So instead of putting something in that might touch on something that is current, leaning into our sentiments and our memories with, you know, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Jungle, the problem they're going to have is getting people out of that Haunted Mansion lounge because the place is going to be spectacular. Again, separate conversation about the design and layout. And Becky, I know we come from a little bit of a different angle because... 
when we travel, we're not traveling in, in pairs and in, in groups of families of four. We travel in families of 150. So, we, you know, we approach it a little bit differently. Um, but when I, I became instantly excited about the ship when I heard about the theming, and, I'm, and it'll hopefully help us to forgive some of maybe the deficiencies in the, in the spaces. The question is, what's the drink going to be in the Haunted Mansion Lounge? <laughs> Becky goes spirited. right to, yo, my goodness. Um, is it on to me? It is. So I'm going to go to um, not a specific event, not a time, not a place, but 2023 for me, there were nine minutes in 2023 that moved me emotionally in a way that I never expected. And I have four words for you. Once upon a studio. Came out in October. The tears to time ratio was <laughs> off the charts. Um, that simple story and 543 characters and original voice actors. Again, I keep talking about nostalgia, sentiment. We all found the character that was like, oh my God, I can't believe Robin Hood's in there. I can't believe this obscure characters. We all found one was like, yeah, that's it. I've got my place. There was a sense of legacy in terms of the the studio and the company. And it really is. It's I think it's what they set out to make it, which is a love letter to the studios. And I think more importantly, it's a thank you to the fans because... I felt that this this short shows that they understand us. They understand that we all connect to these films in different ways, whether it's The Reluctant Dragon or Wish or Big Hero 6 or whatever it is, we all have a connection to it. And when we see those things, we hear those voices, it did. It, it, it absolutely got to me like very much emotionally. We saw it at Destination D. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. Yeah, no, it was it was one of those things I had heard um, from people who had seen it that it was very touching. And it was it was off my radar at that point. I don't know why it wasn't there, but I think it was because it was supposed to be attached to Wish originally, which probably would have made me like Wish a whole lot more. Um, but yeah, Destination D23, when we're sitting there and the creators come out and they say how this was just their pet project. They never expected this to happen. They they kind of they spent eight months and they pitched it and they like and everybody's like, yeah, we have to do this. Um, when Mickey just looks at Walt, it's that's the tears right there. And for me, like I spent the entire film or entire short waiting for Black Cauldron characters because I'm like they're not going to put Black Cauldron characters, and there they are. And then I went back. I actually was in California. Um, at the El Cap, and they were showing it before some of their legacy films. And I paid for a full ticket to see something, one of the 90s films. I think it was Hercules. And I saw the nine-minute short, and I stayed through Zero to Hero, and then I left (laughs) because I had other things to do. But to see that short on the big screen was so amazing. It is just, it's the love letter. It is what we all needed. And hopefully that is one of those, you know, 
kick in the pants to everybody that was like, hey, we need to lean more into the love, less into the money. I was going to say, I, I almost looked at this as sort of a, like a planting of a flagpole, like we get you, we understand you, this is us showing you that we are going to change and those things that you miss about those films, whether it's the motion or, or whatever, we're going we're gonna to get there again. I also enjoyed not just the short itself, but the clips of the making of where the the voice actors were so into the role and so thankful for being asked to be part of this. You could tell it was a, a badge of pride for them too. And so, yes, it was emotional. It was wonderful. Cried a little, laughed a lot, um, smiled a lot when you saw characters that meant something to you that you haven't seen in a while. But to also see the joy and reaction of the, the people involved, that was amazing. And I love the fact that 80% of it was hand-drawn. Yeah. I, I, that I really appreciate. And Robin Williams' voice yeah. came back, which we never thought we'd hear yeah. Genie original lines again. So that was amazing. Uh, do you have anything else yes. on your list? <laughs> Sorry. Of course. There is one more, and it's the most important, I think, to you and I is that obviously we went through a lot during the pandemic and we had to cancel a lot for the pandemic. We had so many great plans and 2023 was the return of being able to do the the trips and the things and see the people where we, oh great, selfie, <laughs> stop. Anyway, it was so important. We got to go to Italy. What are you doing? <laughs> you have to get, come on. It, that's cute. Anyway. Jeremiah's taking selfies. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, we got to go to Italy, finally, after putting that off for since 2020. Um, that was amazing. We got to go to Bermuda with Disney Cruise Line. We got to go on a Wyoming ABD. Again, another trip that we had planned that we had to cancel. And then, of course, we were able to do the Nat Geo Christmas Market. So we did a lot in terms of WDW Radio um, trips this year in 2023. So I had it on my list um, because in addition to the events that we've done and the, the travel, and, and I put it on because it, and I was going to save it for last because it, it takes people to make a dream a reality and none of this happens without you, my friend who's sitting here at virtually with us at this table. None of this happens without you, and none of those events happen, and those events would not have been as meaningful or as possible had it not been for you, um, whether it's the ABDs or the cruises or even to some of the other opportunities, and I don't want this to be self-serving because this is not about me, but I personally was able to experience a lot this year because of you and with you, um, and, and that's why when I look back on 2023... I didn't need a soundtrack or a score or an animation to sort of get me emotional about it, and I won't get into it here, but um, it, it was an incredible year for experiences, right? Those are the things that matter more to me than any sort of physical or tangible things are the memories that we have of being able to do things um, together. And again, I won't, I won't sort of repeat the list and, and go down individually, but it's why Becky and I are planning... I think you said something like 2028 the other day. No, no, so, no, 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 no. 2033. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jeremiah? That's the face that I make, too. <laughs> okay, so I... 2033. Yeah, wow. I, you, I gotta take your vitamins. Um, 
So my last one, and this one is kind of a cheat, and it really, like, things you guys just said, words that just came out of your mouth, hit this very well. In 2020, in February of 2020, weeks before the world shut down, this little parade stepped off in Disneyland called Magic Happens. I went three years without hearing the music completely, without seeing the parade. And when I went to Disneyland and saw that parade, why am I about to cry again? Jeez, I'm tired. That's what it is. Um, I have that effect but people. I make people cry here. That, that parade is Disney at its core. It is fun. The music is amazing. If you've not heard the music, go on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you can do. Listen to the parade and the music because it is... You smile, you laugh, you have fun, you live. It's just getting your life back together. And it, it's amazing how something that came out before a life-changing event signifies how much our lives changed from that event. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's coming back to Disneyland next year. That's all that matters. Uh, contact MEI Mouse Fan Travel for your trip to Disneyland. They Thank can you. definitely plan some great stuff to see Magic Happens. Um, you know, that's one that I don't think I could have gone without seeing one more time. So I will I'll conclude with just two very, very quick mentions um, before we, we wrap this up. Um, and the, the, this first one is, I'm saying it half-jokingly, but I think it bears mentioning the pickle milkshake. <laughs> I think the pickle milkshake, from a purely business marketing perspective, was brilliant. Because it had nothing to do with the pickle milkshake. It had to do with going to get your pickle milkshake. Taking your picture for Instagram, doing your little reel, your TikTok, your story, whatever, of making the face, whatever it was. It was very, very smart. And it actually, I think they sort of tempered the pickliness to more of the the pickliness. I just made up that word. Um, yeah, it, it was less. Um, it was le- less less pickly after that first week or so. But it really helped sort of temper the heat from some of the really great wings that were in that. But very very smart because it was people talking about the shareability of it as opposed to the shake itself. And the last thing I'll mention, which I mentioned for a couple of reasons. One, I love the concept. I loved the pivot immediately to make improvements over something that needed it is Jollywood Nights. Um, when they announced Jollywood Nights, I loved the idea of it because I love that park at Christmas time. I love the sense of nostalgia. The day one execution, which is why I never review anything the very first day, was met with some challenges that by day two they were already starting to address. Um, I, I the way I described it was that if if Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is a Hallmark card, Jollywood Nights is a Norman Rockwell painting because they're two very different types of events. It's not – Jollywood Nights is not Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, nor does it intend to be. But that tip-top soiree, I could just sit there all night long. What? I, I, yes, and I was there with you, and I know exactly why you could have sat there all night long. Um no, because I love that era and I love that music. Don't make it weird, dude. <laughs> Jollywood Nights was lots of fun. I luckily was able to attend three times. I was there the first night when it was the mess that it is. I went a second time, and it was an empty night. And 
Jollywood Nights was too much or too little. Like, if you went on the first night, there was too much to do. If you went on an empty night, there was too little to do. Becky and I went towards the end, had a great night, but we both kind of still felt there isn't, there wasn't a heart to it. There wasn't a core piece that was needed. And when, if it returns next year, hopefully they go, okay, so let's let's go back and review what we do need. But yeah, it had some great food. Um, the shows were great. I, I think if the fireworks would have been a little bit different, it would have kept us there all night long because anybody that was local was like, we saw Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam many times, but it was a fun event. Right. I think, look, I, I think the concept is great. I think there's meat on the bone, right? I think mm-hmm. that I think that it can and should and will continue with some tweaks and improvements. I think there's a lot that they can and should add to it, but because I like, I like it in theory, but hopefully what we see next year, just as the very first Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is not what we have now, hopefully this will continue to iterate and improve over time. Right. I really enjoyed it. I think that they're going down the right lane. Um, for the price they were charging, that's m- probably my scenario that I kind of balk at for what you got. If this was... The, if Jollywood Nights was the thing that they're going to roll out um, that was not a ticketed thing, that would like be the perfect place to spend uh, your holiday evening because it's amazing and awesome. I'm just expecting a little bit more for that price, and maybe next year they'll uh, address that. I will close out by saying just this, and I'm surprised it wasn't mentioned by anybody. The closure of Splash Mountain, that, which... That was something I was thinking about, but I... I I'd rather look forward to right. Tiana's yeah, than... Right, and, yeah. that's, and we sort of we framed it in terms of, of what is coming in, in Tiana's. And it's not a big deal sort of in terms of its impact, but I think it's reflective of Epcot and what we've all been talking about and what I think our entire conversation about. The return of a Figment meet and greet, mm-hmm. right? Figment sort of that, that iconic, unofficial mascot of the park being obviously leaned into much more heavily, and I think there's much more Figment... To come, Imagination Pavilion. I'm still waiting for the announcement. I'm, I'm just going to keep saying it That's every year. This is the year that this. Right, it's Mephisto. September. It's going to right. It, this the... is they're going to announce it. But it's really interesting because if you think back to all the things that we talked about, and it's why we bleep and love this place <laughs> so much. It's because it's about the way it makes us feel, mm-hmm. right? It's not about the rides. It's not about the food. It's about the feelings that we have. It's why. Jeremiah and I get emotional. Becky doesn't, but that's fine. It's why we get emotional about Someone's this. Place. Be here but, to <laughs> right. So. right? So whether we talk about the movies, whether we talk about the parks, whether we talk about the experiences, it's the way this place makes it feel. It's why we love it. It's why we talk about it. It's why we like it's it's literally our our livelihoods. It's why we move to be close to it. Um, and why I think we are so passionate about it, right? Because it means so much to us. That being said, I know you, who is sitting here with us, probably saying, how did you possibly leave this thing off the list or have some input that you'd like to share as well? I would love, I really, I I invite you to share your thoughts. One, you can, uh, I'll post this in the clubhouse at www.com slash clubhouse. We can talk about it there. We'll talk about it again on the live show, but even better, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. And share your thoughts. More importantly, Jeremiah approved. I'm not the only one. It's okay to cry. Share your feelings as well. Jeremiah Good from LaughingPlace.com. Becky Mankin 
from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel at mousefantravel.com when you want to come and experience any or all of this in the coming years. Thank you both for being here um, with me today. More importantly, for oh now I'm gonna get for making my 23 as special as it was. Lou, I've spent this entire year with you at least once a month, and it, it has been probably one of my favorite events is doing everything with you. And whenever Becky's in town, and we can all hang out. This is my favorite thing is just hanging out with my friends in Disney. So here we are, and. There's a lot to come for 2024 and from now till 2033. <laughs> I got to put this down and give Jeremiah a big hug because we're, we're about to just sort of take our romance. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or I want to see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see, hear, taste, or remember in the parks. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by HelloFresh. So it's the new year, and I'm not big on resolutions, but let's be honest. We've all promised ourselves to save money, eat better, and stress less in the new year. And believe it or not, HelloFresh can help you do not one, not two, but all three. So say hello, not to my little friend, but your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like delivered right to your door. And my family and I have been HelloFresh fans and customers for a long time. And now in the new year, HelloFresh has even more options than ever before with over 45 different dinner options to choose from and even more market add-ons. And while I'm not a big resolution guy, I do like sort of picking a word for the new year. And this year it's simplify and that's exactly what HelloFresh does. All you have to do is choose your meals, select your delivery date. They'd handle all the meal planning and all the shopping. All you have to do is open up your box of weekly pre-portioned ingredients and thankfully for me, step-by-step -step instructions to get cooking. And because time is often my biggest enemy, I love the lineup of quick and easy meals, including 15-minute recipes, healthy options like more than 30 calorie-smart and protein-smart recipes. And it's not just for dinner, right? Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I agree. And so does HelloFresh, which is why they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. Did America's number one meal kit just get better? Yes, it did because now you can enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. To find out more, check out their menu and take advantage of this offer, go to hellofresh.com slash WDWfree and use the code WDWfree for free breakfast for life. That's one free breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. It's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash WDWfree and use code WDWFREE. Now, before we get to this week's trivia contest, let's go back, review last week's, which is really last year's, and select our winner. So in our last trivia contest question, the last one of last year, I asked you in the Country Bear Christmas special, which I promise you is much better than the Star Wars holiday special, Big Al appeared dressed as what or who in the Country Bear Christmas special. Thanks to all of you, got this one correct, shared some of your memories, and a couple of you shared photos of Big Al dressed as Baby New Year. 
I know it sounds horrifying, it wasn't. He was, he had the full sash and diapers. He had an ice pack on his head. Maybe he had a rough New Year's. Uh, there was a banner hanging above him. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week, last year, you were playing for a WW Radio 3D keychain, stickers, pin, and a mystery prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Christina Doherty. So, Christina, congratulations. Your package is already on its way. And if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, this past weekend, I was cheering with other members of the WWE running and cheer team on Disney's Boardwalk for the marathon. Congratulations to everyone who lined up to walk, run, walk, jog, cheer, volunteer at this weekend's event. And heading back to my car, I walked by Trattoria Al Forno on the boardwalk, which I need to review one of these days. Anyway, I was remembering when this location was Cuisina by Iron Chef Kat Cora, but what was the name of the original restaurant in this location. What was the name of the original restaurant that opened with Disney's Boardwalk Resort in the location where Trattoria Al Forno currently sits? You have until Sunday, January 14th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the keychain, the stickers, a pin, and a mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again for taking the time to tune in, not just every week, but for the past nearly 20 years. I sincerely appreciate you. I'd love for you to be part, not just of the community, but more importantly, the conversation over in the clubhouse on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, a little bit on X. I'd love to hear not just your thoughts about what you feel was the most important or impactful moment and event or milestone from 2023. Talk about it in the clubhouse. Call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. And if you have a question or you'd like me to answer on the air, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. Huge thanks to every new and longtime member of the WW Radio Nation family. You help bring every episode of the show to life. And I am so grateful for your support and your friendship and help and the community that you have built around the nation. Find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, group video calls, get access to our private Facebook group, their shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from the parks, and much more. And not only does your membership in the nation help the show, but in turn helps our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the nation family, including Rick Woods, Patrice Roberti, Troy Hogan, Jonathan Gardner, Stephanie Leopold, Christopher Brown, Wendy, and Taylor Hoffman. If you want to find out how you can be part of the nation family, visit www.radio.com support. And of course, as much as I love connecting with you online and nothing beats a handshake and a hug, please visit our events page, both on the WW Radio Facebook page and on the WW Radio site to find out about our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World. I'm looking to schedule February's now, as well as other group events and trips. We have two cruises coming up, our five-night Halloween on the high seas on the Disney Magic in October 2024 with a stop at at Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point and our seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on the Disney Treasure 
February 2025, which also happens to be sort of the celebration of WDW Radio's 20th anniversary. To find out more and get a free no-obligation quote from our friends over at Mouse Fan Travel, you can visit www.radio.com slash cruises. And of course, visit mousefantravel.com for any of and all of your vacation planning needs, whether you're visiting World, Land, Cruise, Aulani, or anywhere on this big, blue, beautiful world of ours. The advisors over at mousefantravel.com will not only give you the best possible prices, but more importantly, personal service and advice. They treat you like a member of our family because you are, and all of their services come at no cost to you. Again, visit them over at mousefantravel.com and also check out loumangelo.com if you're ready to take your idea, your business, or your brand to the next level in this new year, or if you're looking to infuse a little bit of Disney magic into your event, your conference, or your business. As a keynote speaker, I bring actionable insights from Disney's world to your events and workshops. So whether you are a business leader, an entrepreneur, or educator, I have talks on customer service and leadership and teamwork that will transform your approach to doing business. And if you're looking for personal growth, you can join my one-on-one coaching or upcoming weekly mastermind groups. I have a few other things that I'm working on that I'm gonna be launching in the next few weeks. And of course, I have my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World and my Spring Momentum Retreat again, To find out more or reach out to me directly, visit loumangelo.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. And if you can, take a couple of seconds just to rate and review the show over on Spotify or leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. I want to thank some recent reviewers like David Wittenberg, who says, WW Radio focuses on in-depth reviews and roundtable discussions about Disney's many parks, attractions, restaurants, and hotels. The episodes are timeless. So having access to lose extensive archives means there's always something to listen to. And as we bring this episode to a close and start off the new year, please remember, my friend, that this new year is like it's like your own personal blank canvas and all of your actions are brushstrokes on it. And in the spirit of not just Disney, but but choosing the good, make every day your own sort of personal masterpiece of positivity and kindness and compassion and joy. And whether you are going to Disney or thinking about Disney or just creating your own adventure in your everyday life, remember to look for the good in every moment, share a smile, offer a helping hand and cherish the magic moments that surround us every single day. I am so excited for what this new year has in store for us together on our collective journey. I want to make with you unforgettable memories, share laughter, and uh, the kind of magic that only Disney can inspire. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep believing, start doing, and always choose the good. I love you. I appreciate you. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. This is Cody Habert from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I just listened to part two of the top 10 moments in W or Disney history. And uh, I wanted to comment on the acquisitions. Um, I have enjoyed most, if not all acquisitions that Disney has made. Um, The big four or big five of the Iger era, Pixar, Star Wars, Muppets, Fox Properties, Marvel. Um, but I, to me, the most impactful, I think, was ABC's capital, ABC Capital Cities acquisition um, during the early tenure of Eisner because that brought a lot of cash flow into the company. 
allowing the company to do things with animation to get that back on track, build more parts, add more attractions to parts. Um, and I also think it's really interesting now that with all the discussion surrounding ESPN and what will Disney do with ESPN and even them rumored to be looking for partnerships um, for ESPN, I think it's really interesting because that was one of the major reasons that the ABC's capital city, ABC, sorry, capital cities acquisition happened was because of the way the cable bundle worked, that people had to pay for ESPN if they had a cable subscription. And so it just brought this huge cash flow into the company. Um, I think that's why it's so important. And to follow up with something, um, you and Tim talked about on the show, building that relationship was important. And also when uh, Iger first comes in and rebuilds that relationship with Steve Jobs and with Pixar, kind of leading to a second renaissance for Disney animation and what that relationship has done for the company is uh, pretty immeasurable um, for now and leading into the future. So great show. And um, talk to you later. Thanks. Hey, Lou, it's Patrice Roberti from Metro Boston. Just wanted to call and say that it's wonderful listening to you and your friends like Kendall Foreman. She is a particular favorite of mine, but so many of your friends are. I think that's why your program about people moving to Florida is so popular, not only because people want to move to Florida, but just to hear six or seven friends talking about things in a normal way around a kitchen table it's how most of life really is, and it's just a joy to hear it in this, in this era when so much of life. So this Thanksgiving, we are giving, my husband and I are giving thanks for you. It's been a little over a year and three months since we've been listening to your program. And sometimes we'll say to one or to the other, what do you think Lou is doing right now? And the answer is always the same. We say, he's snacking. Thank you for pursuing your dream. Again, I know you wanted to, and, and you were driven to, but thank you for doing it, because you brought a lot of joy, a lot of happiness, a lot of laughs, and just a lot of it's a lot of goodness to other people, so thank you for that. Bye. Good morning and Happy New Year, everyone. This is Arlene Nagy, formerly of West Seneca, New York. I just wanted to say I hope you have a healthy and happy new year. And looking forward to all the new trips that Lou has planned. And good luck to all those runners this year in the this weekend, Marathon Weekend. I'm looking for a little more adventure. He's heading for a little bit of fun now. I'm hoping for a little more excitement. Time, Time to be, be moving along. along.